0: We have been seeing the healthcare industry adopting the customized medical devices more and more and why not? Every individual is unique in terms of their anatomy shapes and sizes and hence it makes perfect sense to have personalized solutions. But what exactly is the process involved here? How does one currently produce such customized implants? Are there any challenges? In this episode of AM Infocast, Ketan Jajal and Jitendra Singh from Jajal Medical share their answers to these questions and more. Welcome to AM Infocast, Ketan and Jitendra. Thank you, uh, Aditya. Thank you, Aditya. So Ketan and Jitendra, you know, you have had diverse uh, backgrounds in, in the medical industry and, you know, have, have had the you know, interaction with the 3D printing uh, aspects as well. So before we go into the you know, technical aspects, could you share a bit about, you know, both your AM journeys, particularly, you know, how how you've experienced this technology evolve over the past, uh, say five years?
1: Sure. Um, so for me, uh, my AM journey started almost uh, 20 years ago with my thesis uh, during my master's program for uh, medical applications of 3D printing where we, I had a chance to, you know, 3D print uh, and implant, uh, 3D print, and print almost 20 years ago. Um, and since then, I've been in the industry for almost 10 years and then working with materialize and uh, medical applications primarily. Um, and then I've had a chance to kind of also go back to the real medical field and spend time on the surgical side of things uh, for almost 10 years uh, So, over, um, last 5 years, I think the evolution has happened in, in so many different forms in terms of materials, in terms of newer technologies being developed in terms of speed, um, the ability for now to move from just prototype to real manufacturing is something that, uh, um, that we can clearly see is a trend that is uh, really actually happening now. And, uh, with that, you know, about a, a year and a half ago, we decided that we. We wanted to start our own 3D printing focused around medical uh, startup and that's how uh, we initiated and started Jajal Medical.
2: Yeah. uh, So basically, you know, when we look at these customized surgical instruments or implants, uh, when we look at the workflow for this uh, manufacturing uh, process, it basically has three major processes involved. uh, If I were to break down first is image processing because we're talking about patient specific. So starts from. The patient's image uh, where we take the patient's image convert that into a 3D model and you know further do engineering on that specific anatomy. Uh, Now this engineering on anatomy stage is basically the designing where based on the requirement and the defect and the product required uh, we can design that customized jigs fixtures or maybe customized implants you know once that file is actually ready and Print ready, I would say, Uh, you know, uh, we follow the DFAM guidelines and things once it is print ready goes to the third stage, which is manufacturing uh, or 3D printing, Uh, you know, so there's various technologies available Uh, 3D print that specific instrument or implant uh, based on the material requirement. Uh, So, I would say, yeah, the process involves image to design to manufacture or AM and that's pretty much uh, in terms of process, of course, uh, you know, each of these stages would have uh, uh, different uh, uh, specific steps and requirements to proceed to the further stage, uh, but overall if I were to sum it down, these would be the three major stages in
0: the ideal process. Yeah, and uh, would there be any parameters really that would affect the outcome in terms of quality for these three major processes?
2: Yeah, well there are quite a few, so you know once when we break down these process into specific stages like image processing or segmentation, designing and then further 3D printing, at, at each stage, there are different parameters that are associated for example, if we look about the image processing, the image data has to be of a very good quality, uh, you know the scan data should definitely maintain the minimum slash thickness, the gantry tilt should be 0. And of course, when we are importing this data, uh, the software, you know uh, what is the accuracy and uh, uh, the potential uh, application of that software to convert that specific data to the accurate one is to one replica. Of the 3D model. So, you know, these are few parameters which are associated with image processing. Now, when we look at the designing stage, there would be multiple uh, parameters that can affect the quality. Uh, one could be importing this data from the segmentation software into the designing software. You know, so is there any data loss associated with that? If yes, how the software really compensates for that? Uh, and further, this design software should be, uh, you know, able to precisely work on these complex irregular geometries. That's a must. Uh, And, of course, based on uh, various clinical applications, uh, one should be able to incorporate these customized features uh, as well. You know, we we talk about, for example, microporous structures that can enhance uh, osteoblast growth and uh, further osteointegration. So, these kind of things is something, of course, a designing software uh, would be driven by. Dfam is another parameter uh, that majorly governs the designing stage you know not everything that is designed can be 3d printed so there are specific guidelines about minimum thickness minimum angle the support orientation so of course these are uh, some parameters that affect design stage One crucial uh, part of the design stage uh, that I think maybe Ketan can also uh, agree on is a lot of validation and virtual simulation of these customized uh, devices. So that's pretty important when we, uh, for example, are designing a customized oral maxillofacial implant. Uh, You know, we will definitely have to virtually simulate uh, along with the structural and functional analysis. Um, You know, um, a load-bearing customized implant has to be always tested under those load conditions for its uh, functionality and longevity. So, that's something that of course, uh, majority of the OEMs keep in mind as well in this customized process. Third and finally, when we talk about the 3D printing, I think uh, you're an expert as well. Uh, But from my uh, understanding, of course, there are a few parameters, the resolution of printing, the support uh, generation, model orientation, uh, different post-processing methods, of course, uh, can affect manufacturing in a great way. So I think yeah, these uh, stages would have their own parameters that can really affect the clinical
0: outcome. Yeah, that's good, you know, that gives a good perspective in terms of, you know, what parameters need to be, uh, you know, ensured that they have a good uh, quality in terms of the product. And looking at these processes, you know, how do you think that these processes are going to evolve in the near future?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a very good question uh, as well, you know, currently uh, with the evolution in the industry and in the technology itself, uh, we see of course, this process is going to remain more or less similar. Uh, You know, but different stages could be really enhanced to give a better uh, user experience, better clinical outcomes, uh, uh, better communication tools and things like that, you know. Uh, so, currently, when we talk about this Industry 4.0 in general, uh, you know, it is an ecosystem that comprises of uh, specific areas uh, where additive manufacturing is, of course, one thing, but also a bigger part is digitization, you know, which includes this cloud computing, IoT, online services, cybersecurity, oh, et cetera. Right. So, current processes, of course, uh, when we talk about image segmentation, the designing, all of this is happening at the back end uh, biomedical engineer who is, you know, in constantly communication with the clinician to understand uh, that specific inputs, Uh, but are we really efficient enough into this, you know, a lot of times surgeons would be really, really occupied of, and, you know, it becomes very difficult to really find a common available time to discuss these things. So, what if, you know, there's an online platform? In fact, major uh, of these players and you know, along with us, I'll give you an example that we are developing these online platforms for uh, good communication, for good data management, for online virtual planning and simulation, you know, which can be accessed anytime or anywhere by surgeon, probably on his mobile or a laptop or a tab anywhere. You know, so these kind of things are something which we see. The process would definitely evolve. Of course, uh, each and every stage would evolve in its own way. We talk about segmentation. There's going to be auto segmentations, AI and ML to be incorporated for automated uh, segmentations, right? That's one thing. Of course, we we still see that you know population-based specific implant. Now, one thing is patient-specific, and a lot of things uh, also relate to a population-specific. So that's something uh, you know which can evolve in segmentation part. Similarly, designing and manufacturing would also, you know, evolve in um, its own way for different processes. Yeah, I think uh, that's uh, what I would think in terms of evolution of this process.
0: That's great. Uh, Ketan, uh, you know, uh, on the basis of your experience, anything anything you would like to add, you know, on, on the processes or, you know, how you have seen it and how these processes evolve because you work with, you know, large organizations uh, working in the medical devices space. You know, can, any thoughts on this?
3: Yeah, so I think the overall backend processes are now more and more like Jitendra mentioned, you know, getting more and more automated as much as possible with the AI and everything. Um, But, you know, one of the things that uh, we have done as an organization is really prepare ourselves for future and focus on digitization. You know, if you look at it today, you know, the whole current situation of COVID, we were very prepared because everything for us was digital, you know, every, you know, we had servers, we had data that never existed locally. So all that uh, is actually happening uh, now, especially with the current situation is actually getting accelerated. And we are really preparing ourselves for this, especially uh, digitization wherein the surgeons are able to view, um, understand patient's anatomy, um, we have, uh, we have had cases where, you know the the patient themselves are uh, sometimes a doctor and they would want to know more about it or um, a patient's relative who has an understanding of uh, of the clinical problem wants to know more or we have had situations where you know we had one surgeon who wanted to get more opinion from their colleague so having um, an ecosystem that supports this is really helping us you know for example in our mysegmenter platform we allowed an open link wherein a case link can be shared uh, by the surgeon um, with anyone. So, the surgeon can send it to the patient, Surgeon can send it to their colleagues, and they all can give feedback on the specific problem or uh, the areas they would be wanting to talk about. Uh, So, you know, bridging these gaps really is helping make healthcare better because by doing this, now you are really, you know, we have heard surgeons saying, hey, you know, I was never so close to the problem, you know, a lot of times um, they get these uh, CT scan images which are just 2D images and and, uh, it is hard for the surgeons to really understand the 3D anatomy. Uh, from just the 2D slices, and uh, you know, ability to have an open link that they can share with other colleagues and get feedback is is uh, profound for their uh, planning, you know, for the for the surgery. And we see that more and more this is happening. You know, one of the things that we are now looking into is virtual surgical planning, wherein we're not only just giving them the model or or whatever we have designed, but also helping them plan the surgery by making sure that all the steps of that surgery are covered and planned with a virtual plan, wherein we even provide some of these surgeons, we even provide a video uh, with the detailed step. Uh, And that allows them to find the gap and say, hey, you know, what about this? I need this specific instrument. I don't have it. Or I better make sure that I have these uh, two more instruments that I will need for this particular step. So these are the things that is helping them uh, make a better clinical decision uh, using these technologies sitting anywhere like Jitendra mentioned. sitting in the, we have we still get calls from surgeons when they are in the car and driving to another hospital and they're talking to us looking at the model and giving us feedback so um definitely i think the, the future is is digital and you know that's that's something that uh, we will um we we see um going forward even um, expanding further just to add to that you know one of the things that we added more for our market was uh, you know payment gateway so for example uh, the same uh, 3d model link that we generate on my segmenter uh, the same link can now be sent to the patient by the surgeon for making the payment and what that did was it opened up uh, or it uh, it sort of helped to reduce the cost because otherwise there are multiple players in the ecosystem um, and the cost keeps getting added because of multiple players in the ecosystem so now with patient directly paying um it reduced the overall burden or the overhead and and made some of these uh, actually accessible to the patients, which probably it was not before so again, it varies from surgeon to surgeon, but we are also seeing some group of surgeons really adapting this uh, all the way to payment gateways where they're um, they're uh, sending and asking patients to directly pay so it's uh, it's digitization um, is definitely here to stay and uh, you know, we are really gearing up. Of course, we are not there yet. there's uh, still a lot to be done. Uh, but uh, it's something that we are really gearing up and we see that, you know, this is the future where uh, things will evolve for better clinical outcomes.
0: Yeah, that's great. I think uh, whatever insights you've provided both of you Jitendra and Ketan that really gives uh, a snapshot of, you know, how the healthcare industry is evolving uh, in, with respect to customized medical implants and the other components which are made by 3D printing and, Thanks a lot for joining us today and, uh, you know, sharing your thoughts and we wish you the best for journey forward uh, in digitizing the industry. Thank you, Aditya. It's an honor to be
3: part of this podcast.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you for joining us for this episode of AM Infocast, powered by amchronicle.com, where we showcase the world of possibilities with 3D printed customized medical devices. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. Do leave your feedback and comments by clicking the link in the episode description and stay tuned for our next episode.